Thank you. Welcome to the Mark Steering Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest tonight's adventures throughout the world of live and local music. My name is Mark Steering, and I'm a 20 plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check out MarkSteringMusic.net for upcoming shows, news, and info. If you'd like to toss a buck or two in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Steering Music Podcast. This last entire week of shows was spectacular. Jam with Johnson. On Thursday at the b Club, hanging out with new friends at Washington Square. b is a proud supporter of this podcast, live music, giving back to the community, and not to mention one of my favorite places to hang out. This week's podcast, number 326, dropping on Tuesday, January 18th, 2022, is part two of three with Ed Lowry sharing the fascinating history of the iconic b Club in Roseville, St. Paul, Minnesota. Enjoy the conversation. That's one thing I like about this place so much is the nostalgia. I love looking at all those, all those president pictures and and uh, who was around when I was born and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's it is interesting. So yeah, I, I as a fan of retaining all the memorabilia, I wish they would bring some back the old school kind of teams, um, like the old photos and classic stuff like that. Yeah, as far as I'm aware of. Uh as you go up the upstairs, the stairway up there too, that used to be packed full of trophies too, as well. And they just, over the years, they just said, "Yeah, that's that doesn't mean anything, you know." So we just get rid of it. But you know, with with my work, I did a lot of traveling to probably most of the major cities. And when I was in San Francisco, Chicago, Detroit, New York. I would go into these sports bars where they've been around for years, and I would just walk around in Chicago, let's say, and look at all the pictures of Babe Ruth and uh, you know all the people that had had gone to that restaurant and bar over the years. Celebrities, it was great. Yeah, that's like uh, in Chicago. I recently was down there, and I think that's called uh, um, who's the announcer guy with the glasses? Baseball famous Chicago baseball announcer, oh, uh, Harry Carey. Harry Carey, yeah. So Harry yeah. Carey's bar, the every inch of the place, yeah. is photos with celebrities and people being there. It's really interesting, and I walk around there. For Mancini's is similar. Yes. Well, if you go in the Decathlon Club. There's a lot of things to look at the decathlon club. Um, you know, I mentioned I was very involved with hockey. And as I've gone around to some of the hockey hockey rinks, you go down to the Ritter Arena. You go into the arenas down there. A lot of pictures of, you know, of supporters, of people you remember the names and see that and I, was, I had I have a couple of grandkids all my I have I had six boys all three of them married and each one had a boy and a girl and guess what all six of them three boys three girls all grew up playing hockey my sons all had rinks in their yard and when we got together and we got together back in the days it seemed like uh, 
a lot of times the ice froze over earlier and it was colder earlier than that. But sure, surely at Christmas it was always bring your skates because we'd be all out there from the oldest to the youngest to even Grandpa, me, <laughs> out there. That's great. So that, and, and, and if you listen to some of the, you know, just this winter classic that was on here in Minnesota just this last weekend, and it was the coldest one ever. It was the coldest one ever. And just listening to Gretzky and some of these stars that were around there, they all say, they all talked about how they became as good as they are because they were on the rink all the time outside. And that's, you know, that was a passion. That's that's how they got to where they are these days. So, Wow. It's interesting. Yeah, I did watch that, that, uh, that classic. Man, that did look cold. I saw some musicians out there playing guitars, and I was like, you've, I wouldn't want to be that guy. <laughs> but um, so who, like, built this building? Who poured the foundation? And when did you start using pop top part of it for, like, rentals and stuff? Well, the founding members were all pretty much blue-collar workers, electricians, plumbers, roofers. They had all the bases covered. So they built it. They did, and uh, again, back when I, well, when I was uh, first started attending meetings up there, um, you know, you were getting more and more people that you know had were blue were blue collar workers, as you say, degreed people. I was one. There were others as well as there, and we all got along along fine. But it was interesting, you know, compared to the meetings I attended at work versus the BDL meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there was a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who's also had a kid that I had in baseball and that, and he was an attorney, and he became the head attorney at at uh, out at Control Data, and. We would just kind of laugh, you know, when we because we'd be in a meeting up there. And it was, who could get up and holler the loudest? It was like you were at a union meeting, you know. We used to just, we used to just get a big kick out of this. Yeah, it's, it's entertaining, but wow! In fact, that was one of the one of the things that, you know, the first couple of years I was president, especially the first year, was one of the first things I did when that started to happen. I would say. You finish what you're saying, you're next. <laughs> you know, because, you know, it was just, a, it got to the point where it just is, that one, one would say something, the says, another one would say something, the other one would get up and holler louder, and the other said, no, 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 just one person at a time, you know. <laughs> um, so how, when were you president of the B deal and for how long? Well, I was president in 1991 and 1992 for two two years. And then, prior to that, I think I served as a, probably, a, I think if I recall correctly, I might have been a secretary for uh, Paul Hansen. That was another name I'd mentioned that was just a few years be behind me when I first became involved with the club. So anyways, after that, for the next 25 years, 
I said, I'll take any position that you can't find somebody to fill. And if you have all the officers' positions uh, filled, then I'll just run for the board. So I think I had just about every position. I was vice president several times. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I've, I don't think I was ever a treasurer in that. But anyways, I just said, well, I'll fill whatever position that you can find somebody for. Well, it so happened that in, uh, see, 2006, that would be what, about 15 years ago. They couldn't find somebody to be a president because they were, you know, you have ups and downs. You know, organizations like this, they go some good times and they have some hard times. And then sometimes, you know, it's have somebody, I don't know, I don't want to have that responsibility and that. So anyway, they said, well, I guess if nobody else wants to run, I'll run. So... What we did is we used to have a president's ball. It was it goes back to the original. It was a president's ball at the beginning of the new year, which would be right around this time in January. And what it was, it was the past president. It was a banquet where the past president or the, the current president the past president would welcome the new incoming president, and so it was the president's welcoming party. Party. So anyways, we still had that in 2006, and when I got up there and gave my little, little speech, I said, well, you know, I know recycling is big these days, so I guess past presidents can be recycled too. <laughs> So I was the first one. There's there's others over the years that I think after me, there were probably most of them took two years. Some only one, but the majority of them took took two two years. And more recently, there's some that have had 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 three or three or more. Yeah. So, Need the car wash lines to cut me a break. My beautiful vehicle has turned salt winter road white. And I got to shine up my black Jeep Cherokee guy from ID Chrysler. With 250,000 miles, my old car was just too much for that poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler. And the staff come to more help with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at ZombrotaCDGR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombrota, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler's Umbrota today and enjoy a safe winter season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. I want to tell you about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located in the quarter counter of B and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is the truth. Pumped to have the legendary Dan Neal joining me rocking it up at B-Dale a week from Thursday. Last week's show with Johnson was a blast. Thanks to Sam for sitting in. Check out the new TV in the corner with highlights from all the members. Rob, Natalie, Shelley, entire bar staff, all state-of-the-art cocktail artists. As of late, my libation of choice is the classic Greyhound cocktail. And there to quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair, Tasty Little Devils. Live music, pool table, pull tabs, bingo, box ball, tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by a cold one. In Christ, I can't talk. Stop by for a cold one. Soon. But Did it, you like what drew you 
back to wanting to still be on the board and be president here at B-Dale Club? Did you like it? Well, you know, people ask me that all the time. And um, over the years, everything I've been involved with, you know, from hockey organizations, PTA organizations, B-Dale Club and that, when I make a commitment to do something, I give it 100%. And and with that is that as my kids were growing up over the years, is that there were times that I couldn't go to their games because it was a meeting night. It was a Tuesday night. We had a meeting every other Tuesday. or And then in later years, I was doing helping out doing the kitchen down here, okay? And so I missed some opportunities with my older two, two sons. And now as they, got, as, as they got married and my grandkids, is that I just got my last one out of high school. There are three of them that are married. The oldest one just had a baby a year and a half ago. But I still have two in college, and my youngest granddaughter, who graduated from high school last year, is that, you know, she's playing, and when the two of them were in high school, my youngest two, they had games going just about every night of the week. I didn't want to miss it. I missed too much early on. I said, I'll help out however you can. If you want me to run a fundraiser, do something like that. I did a silver plate dinner up there combination dinner raffle I did that for over 25 years and this is last year was the first year we didn't have it in 25 years I remember that 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 this how big of a deal that was down here yeah I also <coughs> when I was on the Roseville Central Park Foundation I also did one up there I was on that board for and I still am on it for 35 years and I used to do the same thing up there because we had a, it was a little bigger one up there, but it was a gold plate dinner and we sold 125 tickets for, it was a lot of, it was a lot of celebrity people that had been involved in politics over the years, former council people, and it was a whole different atmosphere. <laughs> you know, it was quite a bit different atmosphere than it was running the sword plate dinners down here. <laughs> you know, I mean... When I was doing the, when I was doing the, <laughs> you, you, you got to listen to this. So when I was doing the ones up at the Roosevelt Central Park Foundation, you know, they were interested in eating, and eating, running the raffle, and then getting the hell out of there. You know, as it wouldn't, you know, when you wrapped up at nine o'clock, boom, they were tearing the stuff off the tables and away they go. Down here, you know, they were still down here till one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's how we love the V deal. Yeah. And then when you get up, and then when you're calling out the names and the numbers up there, you know, because you go through and every you, we sold 80 tickets, you know. And so you draw all 80 tickets out. And people would sit in groups at different tables. And when somebody's name would draw, get drawn out of there, they would hoot and holler. And, you know, there was, there was just a lot of... A lot of conversation, a lot of conversation going on. But, I mean, it was, again, it was a lot more fun. They both had their own pur purpose. They both raised money. But it was, it was just two different atmospheres. You know, it was fun. 
Yeah, there is something about the atmosphere down here. I've been doing these podcasts down here for years and years, and everyone still drives all over the cities, come over here and do like our top five shows, whatever. It's something about the B-Dale has a has a great vibe, a fun vibe, and I don't know, just oh yeah, it it just it's a good time. Um, so what it all entails being president of the B-Dale? Like, what's your responsibilities? Well. Again, how I how I've approached it is, and each one has their own way of approaching it in terms of how they do it. But I was I was kind of fortunate is that when I came to here to work for Control Data, is it was growing growing very fast. It was, and I had an opportunity to actually get promoted to a manager level. Very very early age. In fact, it ended up where person that was my supervisor manager ended up, you know, working for me as as time went on. And it was my approach in all the organizations I've been involved with is I always tap the knowledge of my predecessors. I used to, we used to have when I was president in ninety one ninety two, at least once a month. We invite all the the older members that were still alive down here on a Sunday afternoon. We'd cook up hamburgers for them, hamburgers and hot dogs for them, and they'd come down. And there were several of them. They were good musicians and singers. And one guy, well, he one guy who played the accordion lived into his 90s, and uh, he just passed passed away here you know a few years ago great accordion player there's others that had played in bands and they would just have a wonderful time down here you know and it was i mean those types of things it it just makes you know that's what the club's all about and you you see a lot of that now too is that with uh when we have music like you coming in here you know to to sing and play, and other people coming in here, everybody enjoys that, has a good time, and when there's an opportunity, gets out there and doing some dancing, and yeah, it's just those are the types of things that are fun. So, in the arc of the Beedell Club, your experience when you first started here, like first got here in the '60s, but like from '80 something to like now 2022, yeah. In that arc, what would you say would be like the peak years of Beedale? Would you say, and then where are we now among along that line? Well, you know, I think that overall, financially, over all the years, we've we've been pretty solid. You know, in terms of. Again, we didn't have a lot of expenses earlier on, you know. And in terms as time goes on, is that I think that where people that were members of the club could do things. It gets back to when you asked about how this club was built. I said we had a lot of people that were carpenters, electricians, plumbers, and so on. Now these days. This is a commercial place, you know, and 
you can't just have little Joe Handy out there doing things anymore. I mean, you got to take out permits and you got to have everything done right. And so that's what's changed over the years. It's, uh, people have said from time to time is that we really need a bigger bar. We could have a bigger bar. Why don't we really extend it all out into what's an open area there? Well, we have somebody who can build a bar. Yeah. Okay. Now, what about plumbing? What about electrical? What about all those, all those things that need to be done? You're going to have to take on permit. You're going to have to get it, you know, you're going to have to get uh, somebody that's a, a licensed electrician, somebody that's a licensed plumber, just can't be a little handy handy person anymore doing things. One time on upstairs, you know, we had fans that were the original fans, right, when I, when, uh, as I recall, that were in the club when I joined. And one of the fans went out. So anyway, we had a person, you know, that was kind of taking care of a lot of this stuff. He came in one day, he said, Eddie, he said, I went over to Menards or, I don't know, Home Depot or something like that. They had this fan on sale. Okay. And I said, well, wait a minute. That doesn't match the other three. Now, if this one went out, the other three are just as old. And, you know, when the next one goes out, now we'll have another fan. That won't match. And we have another one. I said, you go back and you ask them, can you give us four fans? <laughs> you know, that. So at least we have them all, all that match. So, I mean, little things like that, you know, is that you can't, you can't do things like you'd be doing, you know, like a handyman would do at their own home. I mean, when you, you have to deal with liabilities and things like that. You have to have licensed people doing things, and that's one of the things that, that has changed. There's a lot of things that have changed over the years. You know, years back, you know, you didn't have to worry that much about, you know, having a few drinks and driving. These days, wow, it's, uh, you know, it's liabilities. The gaming. Gaming, the rules and the, the amount of paperwork that's required and the, f and the reports you have to file just to do what we do with our pull tabs and meat raffles and all that sort of thing. Much more complicated than it was years ago. Coming on like a choo-choo train 